Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Power Your Life. And remember that no matter what you're doing, you have the ability to power your life in in every way. And we're going to talk about something that's really very up and coming and interesting and important to all of us. I have a colleague and a friend who is on our show, Christopher Weber First who wrote this fantastic book. I love the title, The Future is Female. And basically, this is a book that draws attention to the importance of raising awareness of men and women to be more conscious about their choices and behaviors and how to take responsibility for those choices so that they can and we can change the world. Christopher Weber First is a life coach, and he believes that women hold the key, I agree with him, to creating a better and a more sustainable tomorrow and a future, and that women worldwide need to be supported to live from their inner voice. And this book, The Future is Female, guides us to understand why the transformation of ourselves, our organizations, and our society is so vital to create a more inclusive harmonious, and sustainable future. Christopher believes that coaching is about finding the best version of yourself, and he's lived and worked in several countries, been a large-scale farm owner, worked with immigrants and juveniles, and was an executive for a telecom company. So Christopher has a very extensive background, and we are lucky that he has chosen not only to write this book, but to be a coach. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Hello, Joanne. Uh, j- just listening to you um, makes me feel very excited. So uh, I feel great, and I'm looking really forward to this discussion and the talk. Good, good. So I, the title uh, is very capturing, not only because I'm a female, but I want to know why you created that, You know, where that title comes from, and what's the belief behind it? Well, well that's uh, a very good question, Joanne. Um, you know, I originally come from Norway, and in 2003, there was a 40% quota of all um, public boards, and it was it was a law. It says that they have to have 40% women representation. And from then on, uh, since I always uh, was very focused on how can I support women, which has something to do with my personal story, how can I support women in in making a career, uh, living a happy life uh, in in a male-dominated environment? Because I I worked as a, as you mentioned. Uh, as a as a manager in in uh, in telecom, very male uh, oriented, and I could see it already there. How those women that wanted to make a career, how they really had to fight, how they had to prove that they're even better than the men. So you know, I also mentioned my my personal story, um, which is also very important because ever since I was a little boy, I could feel the injustice 
uh, how women were treated in in this society. So my fight for gender equality is what is what you said in the introduction. What is that? Was it what is it that really matters most in this world? And for me, that is to give women political, economical, and social equality with every man. You know, I think it's interesting because. He, not just in in the industry that you worked in, but in all industries, women is, and in the United States, that's where you know when, women, even though they may be holding executive positions and and positions that are equal to men, Christopher, their salary is not equal to to men, and that's something that needs to be addressed. So the question that I have is. How, you know, you talk about we need to take responsibility and you play around with that word responsibility. What do we, as a society first, then we'll get to men and women, what do we as a society need to do to take responsibility? How does that work? Because we have all these different societies and and like you're talking about Norway and, 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 and other places, and I'm seeing it in the United States. So it's not just in one country. It's like you say, it's global. It's worldwide. What do we need to do? Uh, you're asking about these great questions. And um, it is a very complex situation, and it's not so easy to describe it very short. Um, but I think what we need to do is to remove the wheels and to open our eyes to understand why is it that the situation in this world has developed to such an extent that we are <clears throat> threatened um, purely for survival, our environmental crisis, financial crisis, immigrants. There, there is um, a reason for all of these things that are happening. And this is what I'm writing about in my book, which is represented by a patriarchal outer social system there's very, very few uh, elite, uh, illegitarian group of men that has um, ownership to most of the wealth in the world. Uh, they have built networks. They are the ones who are the true rulers of this world. They, they have uh, the lobbyists. They, they, they can uh, <clears throat> impact large organizations with how they rule, how, the, how they manage, how they lead. To open their eyes and for people to experience, to see this is really the reason why most of us people in this world feel unhappy, although we are much more wealthy. Health-wise, we're better off. But due to this system that the only thing that matters is shareholder value, to increase the shareholder value. And with this in mind, that they, they want us to work harder for less money, more effective. Um, and so people feel less autonomous. You know, the feeling of that, in this job where I am, I have no possibility to influence. Um, I don't see my own value. Um, so for people to understand, what is really the reason behind it? And when they understand this, then we can start to inquire into ourselves. So how can I relate to this? Do I find it okay? Or if I don't, well, I have to do something. Because the only one that can take charge and change something in the world is yourself. So going around and expecting anyone else to do the change for you, that is not going to work. And if we look at the situation in the world, you know, we just had the climate conference in, in Paris uh, okay. where they hopefully have created a successful um, contract between all the countries. But we are facing some great, great challenges, and we need a solution to solve this. And for me, that is the female qualities. You know, I, I totally agree with that. And my question is, you you're, you are talking about just a few 
very rich, very powerful people that makes it, and, and you stated that so beautifully, that makes us, all of us, feel so powerless. But how, and if even if each one of us take responsibility, how are we going to be able to move that powerhouse that's in such control globally because they're not ready to give up? <laughs> no, for sure, they are not ready to give up. They will fight to the bitter end uh, right. to keep their power. Um, but, you know, we as consumers, we are much more powerful. So, in a sense, it would be very easy to stop buying products from some of these companies, and, and within a month, they will be bankrupt. So, but I it, think in a sense, I, it, 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 I mean, if we choose to do that, we have an immense amount of power. But also, we're using uh, social media like Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitter, um, and they, these um, tools are really so powerful and have an Im- immense impact on how many, so many organizations, how they do their work. Right. You know, you mentioned yeah. that each one of us has to take charge and has that responsibility, which I agree. However, we also have to band together because there's power and and in in numbers and that's important. I want to go to to some of the traits that you talk about, the traits that are akin to being a woman that that you know that women hold. Not, and I'm not saying all men don't hold that because I met you at at an international conference and you have a lot of those traits and and which is and a lot of men I know do have those traits. But what are those qualities or those traits that women have that many men don't have that really can help us create this incredible future? Uh, When you ask me these questions, I I get very touched, actually, and I get goosebumps because I come now directly. uh, I've talked to the CEO of one of the biggest banks in Germany. And uh, when he talks about what's the future going to – when we ask him this question, what is the future going to look like for your bank? And he said, you know, we need to engage more women on top. And why is that? Yeah, because they have this capacity. And this is, this is really female. I mean, men have them too. But in general, women are much more collectively intelligent, meaning they think the bigger picture, they think long term, they look at how can we create something together. And <clears throat> as a consequence of that, women have this immense competence to think in in complexity because the world is getting more and more and more complex and how can you navigate in chaos how can you navigate in complexity how can you use your collective intelligence to solve all the problems that we are facing only for also for businesses you know because how can they attract the best talents how can they retain them there's a war for talent out there and those talents are women you know, it's true. And what what has kept women back? I mean, women, if you take a look historically, and I, and I have studied history like you, if you take a look yes. historically, there's so much that in terms of what women have contributed and yet not not being recognized it has been something. But so what, what stands in our way? What stands in the way of women? So what stands in our, our way is old stereotype way of thinking because we think about ourselves uh, as identification with gender as a man and a woman and a woman and that in itself um, is uh, contraproductive uh, because we, we, we tend to be in some kind of, of comfort zone where we have a sense of uh, I am a man so I have to behave like this 
uh, or I'm a woman, and I have to behave like this. Um, but <clears throat> the fact that women hold themselves back has to do with the patriarchal system. So if you go 6,000 years back, it was created a system at the time where the top elite of a tribe uh, would decide to take control over women and nature as a commodity, because it meant at that time social status, um, and it meant that actually women and children were a commodity that they can trade with other tribes. So it, it gave them, this elite, the power um, to rule over others. And, and this um, system has developed since then, since 6,000 years, into becoming not only an outer social system, but it has developed an inner voice in us, which is called the inner patriarch. And the inner patriarch is like the air that we breathe. It is there, but we don't notice this. So it has to do with getting conscious of what is this internal voice, also in men, trying to tell us about how should we behave according to be accepted and follow the rules of the patriarchy. And that is what really holds us back from getting in touch with our most deepest passion um, and, and talents. So to, be, be, to create an awareness of how can we learn to disidentify from this inner voice called the inner patriarch, because that is not who we are. It's just an identification. And so to remove ourselves away from looking at what is it that is really my true nature? What is it that I'm good at? What is my talent? What is my uniqueness? And have the courage to be totally autonomous and live from our hearts. You know, I think it's also important that we recognize, just like you said, even though I'm female, I have traits that are considered male and female. And I think that, that somebody that works wonderfully in the world has that balance within themselves of their own internal male and female and not the whole patriarchal system. In the United States, women years and years ago, like you said, they women were property, so they not only they they even if their if their father, if the father was wealthy and they married, that wealth went to their husband. They didn't have the right to vote. We had to fight for the right to vote because women weren't considered equal. Right. And, yeah. and that hasn't just been in the United States. So so I'm sure it leaves scars, too, that that that's our history. And I think it's important for like, you know, this book is important, very important, because this is one way it's a vehicle to one, get people aware and and promote change. Yes. So what, what I can add to that is <clears throat> because of the, the, the lack of cooperation between men and women. Um, organizations are utilizing between 20 and 50% of their potential. Because if you have a mixed leadership, you become much more um, capable of taking much better decisions. You become more innovative. Um, you can be able to create much better solutions to solve the problems that you're working with. And from this approach, the organization will be much more attractive for people who want to work there. So <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is that um, to create an awareness of um, what's the situation like today, um, how does that influence on me, and what can I do? What is my responsibility, to, to, like Gandhi says, to be the change in the world that I want to see? You know, you're, you're, you're a father and a husband. 
how does this belief system work in your personal life? Because people, oftentimes, and I know you do this, but oftentimes people espouse something in their work life or whatever, and then they're, then the way that they're living, their personal life is so very different, yet yours really meshes together. So, so share that with our listening audience. I am so fortunate to have three children, and two of them are girls, but they are grown-ups now, so I am actually also a grandfather. But in 2009, I, I met my now beloved wife uh, in Oslo, and she's German. So I decided to move to Germany. And after a while, we decided that we want to have a child. <clears throat> it means that in my age at the time, I was 60 years old, you know, kind of reluctant to. What does it mean for me in my age to become a father to a, to a child? So we was very, very carefully considered, should we do it or, or don't? So we were like really talking about what does it mean for us? We are both independent. We work both as coaches um, to be parents of a child. But we have both worked such a long time on personal development. <clears throat> so we felt pretty sure that we were having the right competence um, and so much patience, so much love and compassion for a child. So we were pretty sure that uh, the child was going to be a she, um, but it showed that it actually was a he. <laughs> How do you and, 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 for, and for me, you know, I had such, I have, I have to say this, my, my father was a very loving and very gentle man, but he was a, a very bad role model for a young boy as me to grow up and learn what does it mean to be a grown-up and mature man. So the point <clears throat> when we were, uh, at the gynecologist, and he was doing this ultrasound, and he said, oh, no, it's going to be a boy. And, you know, I, I'm so connected to my female sides, and I, I didn't have a good <clears throat> role model as a father. So in that minute, in that split second where I understood that I'm going to be a father of a son, I felt, wow, this is what I need to learn in my life. I need to learn what it means to be a responsible grown-up man so that I can be a good role model for him. So to me, to create an awareness of what, what does that mean for me to be a man? You know, it's like really walk the talk. So I have to be present with him. I have to talk with him. I have to see what he needs in that moment. And it creates, and, and, and it <clears throat> demands so much patience. And, um, you know, they, they say that uh, raising a child is the slowest way to sainthood. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, you know, it's true. However, what's also important is that when you are teaching children, what you're going to be doing is modeling behavior towards your wife and towards women that's very different. I know when I grew up, my mother, um, she would feed, she, my father was fed, she wouldn't sit down when we were at dinner. The, her job was to serve, okay, and I don't know who, who gave her that job, but it, but that's how I saw her. Her job was yeah. she was quiet. She had to serve my father first. And once yeah. all that happened, then she sat down. And so when I, you know, I had to move past that because I didn't see her as a very strong role model for years and years until she emerged differently because that mm. was, you know, that was what it was like the man ruled. So which is not the way it needs to be. It, it uh, what, what you were actually uh, participating in was a patriarchal system. So, right. But there are two kinds of patriarchs. The, pa the good patriarch is the one that is really taking good care of you. 
But it <clears throat> requires that you follow the rules of the patriarchy. But if you break the rules, the rules of the patriarchy is that he will punish you somehow. Right. And of course, there's a ba- and then, then, then there's a bad patriarch. Uh, and I, I, I feel obliged to say that Donald Trump is a very good example of that. Uh, you know, they are narcissists, and they are actually only grown up. They are not grown ups. They are behaving like little kids. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, so so they, you know, these guys in their mind is totally okay. It's it's okay to be like that because I am I I am on the top of the value chain, so I can decide what to do with women. Well, right, and with and nature. Think, right, and I think like you've been talking in order to rule or to to be in a position of power, whether it be with your country or an organization or a family, it's a it's a collaborative piece too. It, it, it's it's being able, and I'm taking from from you, Christopher. It's being able to take the all the gifts and the talents of of everybody that's a part of that group, that society, that family, to to make it better, to move into future. Tell us a little bit yeah. about this book because the book is being republished, right? By and it's coming out in January. And yes. Tell up, tell our listening audience more about the book and and a little bit about what's in it. I mean, we talked about what's in it, but are there activities for people to follow through? Give us a little bit more of a sense of the book. Yeah, first, I think I should say that <clears throat> I never actually trusted myself to write the book because my self-image was that I couldn't trust my uh, my intellect until um, I understood uh, after having been a father to a boy. Uh, thinking about what does it mean to be that kind of a role model, I un- suddenly understood that I could I could trust my intellect. So I've been gathering materials because I wanted to write this book for, for like 10 years. So I, I, I have really studied it, uh, and I think I would say it, it is a scientific approach, an empirical approach, because with references with, to many, many books, I've, I've done research on it, and also um, a, a lot of... Um, <clears throat> um, Articles written by women who who are in this situation. A lot of research based from, like McKinsey. You know, they have this amazing report called Women Matter. So right, it's, right. it's basically also a, a scientific approach because I have a deep, deep knowing that the future is female because um, it just has to happen. It has been um, male dominated for so many years, and if, as you think about the universe <clears throat> or about our world, it is an ecological system. And in, in in the ecological system, there needs to be status quo at some time. So now the pendulum, um, in all perspectives, are moving in the other way to balance out the long 6,000 years of, of patriarchal dominance. So that that is, so to say, my, my approach. So what I write about is to explain this patriarchal system. Where, where does it come from? What does it do to us? Where, where do you feel the pain? And then I have designed uh, exercises um, existential questions um, for, uh, of um, how, how does this relate to you? How, what does it feel like for you as a woman <clears throat> to feel that um, you, you're actually not okay? You are the second gender, as Simone de Beauvoir uh, writes in right, her book, right. the, the second gender. Uh, you're, you're not born a woman, you become one. And, and what does that really mean? How do, we, uh, how do you identify yourself as a woman? And then to raise all kinds of questions, uh, according to that, to 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 become more aware of who are you, 
What's their true nature? And if you come in contact with that, which is I call the inner voice, where would you go if you were going to choose what your life would look like? So it's like really your own responsibility to do this work with yourself and find out what, what is it that I really want? What is it that I want for myself? What is it that I want for my family? What is it that I want for the people that I work with? What is it that I want for, for society? Um, so that's, that's the one part. Uh, I also uh, talk about the, men, the responsibility uh, for the men in this context. And there's also exercises for, um, for the kind of system, a team, a family, how you can consciously create what is it that you want to see in the world. You know, it's interesting because I can't remember the study, but years ago there was a study done in about what's going on in, in and again, this is in the American United States school system, and initially girls were very vocal and whatever, and then at a certain age, in a, in a certain grade, their voice became minimized or quiet or what, and some of that was because of the teaching, the belief system, home and whatever, but you could actually see a shift taking place. So with your book, what you're promoting is something very different. We need to see women in, in math, women in, in, you know, in a lot of careers that were just, okay, this is a male career. Women can't, women's brains don't think that way, which is so untrue, right? Yes, absolutely. So what do you want this book to do? <laughs> um, I actually truly believe that one person can change the world. And <clears throat> I've come to this point where I also call myself an action feminist. You know, it, it, it doesn't help only to talk about it. You have to do something. So I've been working with myself for, for a long time on my personal development to find out what is really my life purpose. And when I understood that it is, that it is to create the female future, you know, everything is just flowing. Um, and, and when I talk... I, I, I honestly, sometimes I don't even know where it comes from. It feels like it's not coming from me. It feels like it comes from this deep, deep desire in the world to, to create uh, a just world uh, where everybody has equal opportunities, to create what is really a, a democracy. So what I want with this book is, is to open the eyes of people and, and find out for themselves that if they dare to believe that they can be part of the change in the world that they want to see for themselves. You know, there are actually there are no limits what you can do. You can do anything as long put your mind to it. But it requires work. It's not going to happen by itself. So it, it, it means committed work um, with yourself and the people you're with. And as um, one of my most famous teachers, uh, Wayne Dyer, said, when it, when it changes the way you look at things, the things you look at change. That's true. That's really very true. You know, yeah. you, you've been talking about that that voice that comes up through you, and that's really your inner knowing and your inner voice. And, and many people don't know how to access that information. But I believe, and I do work with this, when you're on target, like when you're really kind of living and speaking your truth, that just flows, like you said. You know, you're talking yes. and this information, just it just flows through you. And it's like, wow. Sometimes I have to write this stuff down and say, wow, that's incredible. I wish I thought of it, but I did. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <laughs> I know you do. Okay, yeah. so 
So give us, can you give us another example that's in the book of, a, of an exercise that people can walk away with today? Yes. This is an amazing exercise, and I do that with all my coaching clients. To have a sense of, yeah, who are you really? You know, I'm an existential detective, so ask these existential questions. Who are you? So like when you're talking, and you talk about, I think this, I do that. Yeah, who is the I talking? What's, what's the identification behind it? And most people, they are not used to have this question, so they, they can't really answer it. So what I do, I ask them to take a good look at the picture of themselves when they're two years old. And when they do that, it's a very emotional moment for most people because in that child, two years old, they see all the qualities that they have in themselves um, that they don't have anymore. And they want them. They want to be full of love. They want to be full of excitement. They want to have fun. They want to be curious. They, they want to access to their own will and do what is autonomously, autonomously and authentically right for them. But whereas we grow up, we learn that that is not, not actually okay. We learn our parents teach us to be like social competent human beings. And that very often goes... Uh, in the other direction on what we really want for ourselves. So we learn to develop a self-image. We create stories about ourselves. I have to be like this. I have to be like that to be acknowledged, to get the love that I want. But this is what I call the false you. The real you is what you see in this picture of the two-year-old beautiful boy or beautiful girl. And when I do this exercise, you know, I, di I did it with a CEO, and he was CEO for 15,000 people. And to begin with, he said, I don't have a picture of myself. But you know, after a while, you know, he found one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was just sitting there crying for like two hours because he could see the the person that he was at that particular moment was not the person that he wanted to be. Right, that's the free, so, the free, loving, curious, creative being that we are. That we, you know, that we come into this world like, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I have a picture of myself being two and a half years old, and it it, it stands beside my bed. And when I look at it, I can feel the, really the love for that little boy, which is still a part of me. And I and I can talk to this inner voice in me, and I can ask him, "What? So, little Christopher, what is it that you want? What What do you want for yourself? What do you want from your true heart's desire? From love and compassion, and joy and excitement. And when you have access to this voice, you know, life. When when I talk about it, I just feel like dancing. I feel like laughing. I feel like crying for love and for joy. Because this is the birthright for every human being on this planet to be happy, to experience to be loved, to be experienced to have the right to education, to be acknowledged, and develop their potential. And, I, you know, I totally believe that. It's interesting because I also have a picture of my young self that's smiling and happy and, and looks so, so free. And I yeah. I have that up, too, so I can see that. And you and I do some very similar things in coaching because I also help people access that inner child, which I believe is still very much alive within us. And so it's important to bring that out. Christopher, I love this. I love, I, you know, I love not just because I'm a female, but I believe in this wholeheartedly. Tell people how they can get a hold of the book, how they can find you, your website, and get more information about Christopher Weber first and all the amazing things that you are doing in the world. 
Okay, so the book is going to be published on um, um, in, in January on, on a um, publisher called Motivational Press. Um, but what people can do, maybe also you and I can stay in touch and we can post it on uh, on your website. Right. But people can go and look at my website, which is femalefuture.biz. And so I, I then... Female future. Yeah, female future in one word, dot biz. Okay, great. And and there's uh, <clears throat> there's one section there where you can click at, and then you can read about the book, and then you can order if if you want to uh, a trial example of of a chapter. Oh, and of course, I will post on on, on my webpage when it's available um, as an ebook, as a book, and also a, a hearing book. Wonderful. So, yeah. Christopher, before before you leave, give our listening audience something that that you feel that's important. I know everything that we've been talking about is really important that that they can walk away with today. Um, I I also very often call myself a strategic futurist, which means to create a sustainable future that is really working. And I think all of us. In deep inside, you really have a sense of what kind of a future is this that I want to create. And to work with yourself to discover what that is, connect to it, live it, and be it. I love it. It's wonderful. So give us your website one more time. Yes. Uh, so my website is female future in one word, dot this. Female. You'll find everything you want to know about me. Great. Female, well, not everything, but but a lot. <laughs> Female <laughs> future, <laughs> yeah. biz, and I want to tell people that Christopher and I are part of this wonderful international organization, and Christopher is going to be the keynote speaker in August this coming 2016. So bravo for that. And yeah, thank you. And, and, and the title of it is The Future is Female. Right, and it's it's so important. The work that you're doing is very important. And hopefully, because it's coming from a male who feels comfortable in his own skin and is out there, whatever, hopefully that will help other men and women turn around and kind of say, yeah, that's important. We need that. Yes. So, Christopher, you are an incredible gift. Thank you so much for being who you are and for balancing within yourself so beautifully the male and the female because that helps to put this book together. And have a great holiday. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for inviting me. I feel really privileged to be able to to talk to people about what's my passion uh, and, and, and maybe even inspire some people to go in the same direction. So I really appreciate being part of your show. And I wish you all the best. I'm looking forward to seeing you in August next year. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Christopher. You've been a great guest, and have a blessed day. Thank you so much. So Christopher has been giving and sharing, giving us some wonderful ideas and sharing some wonderful ideology that I think is important to embrace. And before you leave this call today, this show today, what I want you to do is kind of incorporate a little bit about some of those questions that Christopher asked who are you? What do you want to be? And take a look at that inner child. That's what I call it, your inner child, 
and what Christopher said, that two-year-old. What is it that two-year-old was like? Connect with that two-year-old and remember that all of us have within the male and the female, and I believe so strongly, and I believe that Christopher believes that too, that to be able to balance the male and the female within us is also a way to bring our future into a wonderful, sustainable way. Thanks so much for joining us and for being a part of the Power Your Life show. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to doc, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org. Remember that, that you can also visit the Power Your Life Network, which is a network of visionaries and authors, and Christopher Weber First is on that as well, and I feel honored that he's a part of it. Next week, we have Guy Finley, who is going to talk about the secret of your immortal self, and that's on December 23rd. And Think about why we call this show Power Your Life, because as Christopher was talking and as he was sharing today, you, and I believe this wholeheartedly, you are incredibly powerful. And to be able to access that power, to be able to understand it and bring it forth to share the power, the gifts, the talents that are within you is a wonderful way to help transform our world. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a blessed day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.